A billion years ago, there was nothing but space. Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place. There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus, but planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello! Babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to our show. This is take three of starting our show. We're we trying are, out some new equipment here. Yeah, we're trying to make it sound a little bit better. <laughs> we don't have Rob in person with us. We're just doing it over Zoom. But now and he has his camera covered while we do it. I know. Is, I can't uh, tell what he's doing. I love I-, I love it and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like creepy but also fair (laughs) yeah uh anyway it's we're trying are you trying harder or less hard at things now lisa in general in general uh i think i'm trying really hard to be productive you know i think when we started we all had those like articles and memes that were just like it's okay to not do anything at all and now i'm like well i have no excuse (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's more that it's like i know that i'll it'll make me feel good yeah to do things but i don't feel pressure from other people i feel pressure only from myself oh no it's completely internal it's It's totally self-imposed absolutely i'll i'll most of my 90 percent of my stress at least comes from myself yeah Uh, it's it's definitely like, and I think a lot of people are having this experience. I know I'm not saying anything new here, but like, I think a lot of people are having like on days and off days. Yeah. Where it's like, there are days when I'm like, oh shit, I'm getting a ton done. Oh I no, look at me. It. Yeah, totally. Yeah, look at me. I am hot shit. Like I, <laughs> I did so much work yesterday and then there are days where by the way, I forget which one of our listeners told me to watch Love Island Australia, but fuck you, whoever it was, <laughs> because that ate up an entire week of my life. Yeah, I'm not touching I just that. Was not, I was not doing anything else. I wish you would watch it, but I also think it's a bad idea. I mean, unless you can do other stuff that you want to do while you're watching it. Um, for me, it was like I couldn't. The stuff I need to do, I can't watch TV while I'm doing. Yeah, same. Um, which sucks. But, I really enjoy watching TV while doing stuff. But right now I'm like, I'm trying to write, so I can't watch. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, but there are some fucking hot dummies on that show. Aww. It was so funny and just really wrapped me up into it. Some real evil people, chaotic evil, really <laughs> fun energy. Um, if anyone's watched it, I've heard the UK one is better, but I'm afraid to start watching it until I've like finished a couple other projects. <laughs> I don't have any TV show that I'm really into right now. I feel kind of a like a there's an empty space in my heart for something to come oh, along yeah. and fill. What was the last one? I mean, was it actually, I, I have been watching Mrs. America and I really like that. Oh, I really like that, too. Yeah. Oh my I, God. We haven't talked about it. I yeah. Think it's great. Created by uh, Davi Waller. Friend. Um, oh, she's a friend of yours? Yeah. yeah. Tell she, her she, good job. She's uh, Raphael's wife. Oh shit! Yeah, she's wait. All- endorse horse. Where we? Do- Let's do an endorse horse. Oh, here it comes. Baby geniuses endorse, letting nature take its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Endorse horse.
Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset, now here's something we endorse. We endorse Mrs. America on Hulu. Mrs. America on Hulu FX. Yeah. Um, yeah. Starring it's Kate on- Blanchett. Rose Byrne is fantastic in it, playing Gloria Steinem. Yeah. Uh, Margot Martindale's in it. Margot it- Martindale, always always a treasure. The cast is incredible. Uzo Aduba plays Shirley Chisholm. Yeah. And she's great. She's great. Um, John Slattery. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, everyone's favorite uncle. Uh, it's John just- Slattery, who's not allowed to play anyone contemporary. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> He's just gotta be an old sexist all the time. All the time. Uh, it's really, it's really well done, and it kind of scratches that like Mad Men itch. If you want to watch something similar, Davi also wrote on Mad Men. Uh, I must say. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you don't know what it is, it's about like Phyllis Schlafly fighting against the passing of the Equal Rights Amendment. And so it's like all of the sort of contemporary, like major feminist figures of the time. So it's like Gloria Steinem, uh, Bella Abzug. Um, wait, who does Tracy Ullman play again? Oh, Naomi. Oh, Betty, Betty Friedan. Oh, Betty Friedan. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah she's great too. Yeah. The casting um, is, the casting's just incredible. Like the casting is great. Yeah. Melanie Linsky's in it. Oh yeah. I'm always she's happy to see her. <laughs> In everything she's in. Yeah, she never shows up and I'm like, ugh. No, I'm always delighted. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a good endorse horse. Yeah, I don't know if there's I mean, I guess I got I got really obsessed with Love Island Australia. It was tough because <laughs> it was like two years old and no one was watching it. And anytime I wanted to look up the characters, I just got spoilers on what happened. But mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter what happens. Like it doesn't really seem like any of them are playing the game for the money. Yeah. It's it's crazy. They're, I don't know. They're in it for the love of the game. They're in it for love. <laughs> for real love. Yeah, it's so weird. Um are you re- I won't talk about it. Are you reading any good books? Oh, I just read another Endorse Horse. Uh I just read uh The Hard Tomorrow. Oh, Eleanor Davis. By Eleanor Davis. Yeah, I read that yesterday. Was another really friend of the show. Yeah. Um it was great. Isn't it great? I read I read it in one sitting. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like um, it's a really really good graphic novel. Yeah. She's just yeah, she's incredible. I was thinking yeah. yesterday about how good she is at like composition. Like all of her panels are just like really nicely oh, yeah. composed. I'm really bad at that. I I admire people who could do that well. Uh it's interesting the things that we know other people are good at that we're not good at and how weird it sounds i mean it's like it's weird to hear you say that you think someone else is much better than you at something oh you're yeah so good oh that's nice but- of you no i was thinking <laughs> i actually yesterday i was fantasizing about like all my friends who are artists and what i would want them to teach like a master class on oh um, and i was like okay like you know jillian tamaki and eleanor are like really good at composition kate beaton's really good at like writing about her life uh and also like joke writing which julia wertz is also good at julia wertz is also really good at drawing buildings like i just i was oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just like a fun little daydream. You should put that together. <laughs> yeah, I know. My my like fantasy football <laughs> list of like who my cart- cartoonist classes would be taught yeah. by. Yeah, I mean that would be that'd be fun. And just like, I was just I mean I was it, just thinking that I would love to like learn from the guys who wrote Peep Show. Oh my god, me too. Because I've been watching that so much, and there are so many like the stuff that they do that they're so good at that I'm not good at is like kind of the set pieces 
Yeah. And the like, I'm not good at getting people into wacky situations. That's like not <laughs> a thing that I know how to do. And it's, you that surprises have to do me. it. I would, really? I would guess you would be good at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. Huh. Like I can think of real situations and try to write to them, but I literally don't, I don't know how to like. What do you, what, I don't, what do you think? Like if, if your, you know, peers, if they wanted you to teach them something, what do you think it would be? Oh God. <laughs> you don't, I have no idea. I know that's a really I tough mean, one. The one thing that I do feel like, um, I, I, I think the thing that I might be best at when writing is, uh, like tracking the emotional truth of characters throughout mm, the story. I, yeah, that's a tough one too. That's like a really good skill to have. And it's one of those things where it's like, if you do it well, it's not really in the script. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to like kind of teach, but it's, I don't know. I don't even know if I could teach it. I'm really bad at, I'm bad at like spelling that out in a way that's obvious to other people. Like for me, I'm like, well, yeah, I know what these characters are going through, but I'm bad at like articulating it sometimes. Oh, interesting. It's just, it's difficult to like track that and make it like a clear story that isn't too obvious and didactic, I think. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I have a really hard time with like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I guess I, it sounds like I'm just thinking of things that I'm bad at too. I'm just like, <laughs> I have a really hard time with showing and not telling because I like always want to make my intentions so clear. Yeah. Uh, like, I feel like I want the characters to like talk about how they feel, <laughs> you know, and that's not something that you should really do. I was thinking um, about how sometimes I wish characters would talk about how they feel more because in a lot of like anime, I feel like characters will just say, I'm so sad you know like they just scream their emotions scream at the sky yeah and it it does become a bit much but i also kind of wish we could just do that more yeah in western media sometimes (laughs) it's really funny (laughs) and it's just it's relatable yeah uh Uh, god i don't know I, i i really don't know what i am actually i mean i think i'm like i think i when I end up like workshopping with people or when I end up like um, helping other people with their writing the most, it's really just sort of like getting past the log jam of like trying to write on your own. Yeah. Like I, I like helping people break story for their like, which is like figuring out what the story is or like putting things in order or like. Yeah, you're good at that. But I don't know how to teach that. I think you do like. I mean, just based on on your own approach to it, I like um, yeah. I like encouraging other people to like break through their artistic block or whatever their fear of like getting started on something. I feel like I'm really good yeah. at like pep talking people through that and and pep talking yeah. them through like the bad feelings that come up while you're in the middle of doing something and the procrastination and just kind of the psychological blocks which yeah. which I experience myself and I should just pep talk myself but I feel like when it, when it, <laughs> I mean the same because I think it's the thing you and I both have the most practice working on yeah because we both have those problems yeah <laughs> it's fun to like coach someone else through that stuff yeah it is because it is like when you are on the outside of someone else's project it's a lot easier to be like hey just do do this <laughs> yeah it's so it's so much easier yeah yeah um anyway anyway uh anyway yeah that's a book that i read <laughs> what book was tomorrow. it again oh yeah <laughs> I forgot what book we were talking about by eleanor davis yeah um 
Yeah. Have you read any books lately that you've been enjoying? Well, I am almost finished with, okay, I started reading this because Adam read it and he really liked it. And I was like, sure. Um, I'm usually very uh, commitment phobic about getting into really long books. But then I realized Uh like actually all my favorite books were really long. So um, I'm halfway through Germinal, which is a 600 page French novel from 1885 about the lives and struggles of coal miners. <laughs> oh my God. I know. And it's all about like, like unions and like labor strikes and it's just epic. And it's just, you very slowly get to know all these different characters and all the different facets of like everyone uh, yeah. and the bourgeois and like, you know, the workers. And then, you know, slowly everything falls to fucking shit and it's like, disastrous and exciting. Um, it's good though. It is good. Yeah. If I, I would recommend it if you're the type of person who really liked like Barkskins by Annie Prue or like I did. Sometimes a Great Notion by Ken Kesey. Those are two of my favorite books. Then you might be into this. So wait, is it set in 1885 or it was written then? It was written then, but it's it's Whoa. surprisingly modern and there's a lot of fucking in it. Oh, tight. Everybody's <laughs> fucking all the time. There's like this, this like big fat lady who like fucks everybody and constantly shows her ass whenever she's mad at people. Like she'll just, she'll just moon anyone she's mad at. And she, it just like, it's just incredible. I love her. Uh, she sounds tight. She's the best character. She's just like this really sexy, like curvy woman who just is such a slut. It's great. What's her name? La Mouquette. Ooh. <laughs> tight all right that sounds like a good recommendation it's uh yeah it's fun yeah um uh in other news i bought a pressure washer oh shit have you like for your house yes i i uh i splurged have you ever experienced pressure washing no but it seems like the most satisfying thing in the world it's very satisfying uh if you ever want to borrow mine you can borrow Ooh. it it's uh very fun i i feel kind of guilty the whole time i'm using it because i feel like i'm wasting water but i think it actually uses water more efficiently than just hosing right um, yeah that it, makes sense yeah so it just it just does like a high pressure water beam and you can just it just loosens up any dirt that's like on your patio or you know my roof deck or whatever and i just i spent oh, like all of last weekend pressure washing and i went so hard that i like got a sunburn and like <laughs> I exacerbated my sciatica and like I just went so oh my god so hard just spending hours and hours uh but it was really fun oh this sounds like a dangerous delight I would probably really love this it's a treat um what did you see that news story about the guy from queen who quote uh tore his yes. glutes to shreds gardening it was brian may <laughs> yes queen i immediately sent it to julia uh julia Wartz because she's always like gardening too hard and she always says oh i fricked my buns <laughs> i'm like this guy <laughs> this guy literally fricked his buns <laughs> by gardening yeah you gotta be real careful i have a big day of gardening ahead of me today and i'm like <laughs> i really gotta pace myself you gotta be careful you gotta wear I've sunscreen gotta Uh, But it's the perfect storm of, like, I know I'm going to go too hard today because it's the first, like, kind of cool day. It is cool. I have today off. My solarizing is finally done. Mm. And I have a big plant delivery arriving tomorrow. So I have, like, a ton of work to do. And also there's a bunch of stuff that I haven't been able to work on that I can finally do. 
So it kind of feels good to like go too hard on like a home project like that. Yeah, We're just like, oh, I'm does. ruining my body. Like I, you're going to be <laughs> so sore tomorrow, but at least it will have been like from something really like functional, you know? Yeah. But I don't want to go to the hospital because I ripped my glutes. <laughs> yeah. That's the balance. Don't go so hard that you have to go to a hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I also figured out, so, like, in my driveway, there's, like, a row of cement bricks right against the wall dividing our driveway from our neighbor's driveway, and I realized they're not, like, mortared down Mm -hmm. at all, so I can just take them up, and then I have, like, a strip, like, basically 40 square feet of area I can garden in. Oh, Nice. And but I have to take the bricks up. And it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, brother, it's it seems easy, but it adds up how like prying bricks off of the ground. (laughs) But I'm so anxious to get that area cleared so I can start planting stuff there. I'm excited to see your new plants. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how exciting they're going to be. I've been buying them from this like really like budget online nursery that like. The main thing about it is that it's like it's cheap and they deliver and you can just like set your delivery day and like That's it's nice. a really easy to do versus going to a nursery and paying more money. So it's more like none of them are going to look good for a while because they're oh. all really small. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's like I am going to have to learn how to wait for them to look good anyway. Yeah. But yeah. At some point, my garden's going to look amazing. <laughs> Patience, 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 patience and hard work. Yeah, that's what it's all about. (laughs) The two things I'm worst at. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Oh, man. Um, Can I tell you, I I don't think you would care if I told you this. One of the weirdest things that's changed in my life since quarantine is my husband has started laughing in his sleep. (laughs) Oh, no. Just not something that he ever used to do. What? Yeah. It's happened like four or five times. Oh, my God. And like the last time it happened, I was like, you laughed in your sleep again last night. He was like, oh, I know. And I remember it kind of woke me up. And I thought I was like, I have to remember what it was that I was laughing at. And I don't remember what it was, but I do remember that it wasn't funny at all. Oh, I was about to say, I hope it was a joke you made, uh, but now maybe not. <laughs> oh, my God. That's very creepy. Yeah. I uh, I hope Adam doesn't mind me sharing this, but he once in a blue moon, he'll talk in his sleep. And oh, yeah, I love that. A couple weeks ago, he sat up and said, are we not judge and jury? The hook and the hair? <laughs> clang, 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 clang. <laughs> Doesn't that sound so fucking literary? It sounds like a fucking, like, Charles Dickens novel. Did he remember what was going on in his dream? No, and I, I wrote it, I quickly got up and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Like, because there's something just so, like, the hook and the hair. What is that? It sounds... The hook and the hair. Doesn't it clang, clang? Yeah, clang, and he said it so, he, like, pronounced it, he pronounced it like he was, like, a fucking prosecutor. He was like, clang, 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 clang. <laughs> Oh my god. I loved it. I'm just That's like, what's 
Amazing. He's a he's an exciting brain. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what, did you Google it to see if that's like from something? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's nothing. It's it's nothing. He just made it up in his unconscious. Oh, oh I love it so much. Will you write that down and send it to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't understand why he wouldn't want anyone to know that. Oh, I don't know. I just think sometimes it's a little embarrassing if you do something unconsciously and then... I guess so. I just moan in my sleep. I don't say anything. I just moan like a zombie. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't snore. I moan like a corpse. Uh, I go... What do you mean? Do corpses moan? Yeah, it's like, like, you know, after like... Sometimes when someone dies, they still have air in their lungs and it comes out through their vocal cords and it sounds like they're vocalizing... That's what oh, I sound yeah. like when I'm sleeping. <laughs> I go, uh, uh. <laughs> Somehow I'm not even a tiny bit surprised by that. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, that seems... I was surprised when Adam told me I did that. And then I, really? at one point I actually woke up enough to hear myself doing it. And that was really scary. <laughs> uh, Alan does a lot of open eye sleep barking. Oh, Yeah. Like open eye REM cycle, so his eyes will be darting around, and he's sleeping, and he's snoring, and he's like. <laughs> I always find that upsetting. Like as a mother, I'm just like, should I save them from having like a bad dog dream? I don't know, but then it's also cute. I'm also I'm like, this is the most excitement he's gonna get all day. He doesn't do anything else. No, it's true. Let him chase that giant squirrel. Yeah, the most exciting thing that's happened for Alan recently is that. I accidentally left a loaf of bread in a paper bag on the ground and he was unsupervised and he ate so much of it that it literally forced shit and piss out of his body. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was like, we've been doing this thing where like, because of his separation anxiety getting worse somehow, having 24 hour access to me, I've had to like separate from him for like an hour before his evening walk with Peter. Otherwise he won't go. Because he's a fucking nut job. Um, And so I had, like, locked him out of my office. And I was, like, hiding in my office. But I forgot to, like, lock him in the hallway. And I didn't remember that I had left this loaf of bread. And it was, like, a nice loaf of seeded sourdough bread. It was, like, had sesame seeds all over the top. Uh And when Peter came out to walk him, he just came upon the hugest mess in the world because it was like a loaf of bread half eaten just all over the place and just piss and shit and Alan had eaten so much that his body literally changed shape like a snake (laughs) like he just like went from having like a waist to just no waist at all because he was so bloated from eating all that bread and he was uh, sick for a couple days, but now he's fine. Indy did that once. Uh, we were at Adam's parents' house for the holidays, and his dad was like, where did I put that, like, pork loin? Where did I oh, put it? God. I left it on the counter, <laughs> and we were searching for hours and couldn't find it. And then we found Indy, like, asleep under a table, and she was just like, oh. <laughs> and she was so round. And then she took the biggest <laughs> shit in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could tell because of the sesame seeds. Yeah. When it was coming out. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Either direction. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's disgusting. Um, should we do uh, Trench Chat? Yes. 
It's time for Chunch Chat, our regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch and Chunch. Okay, so I don't have any chunch news today. Martha's not posting enough about her horses. Uh, but she did clean out her pantry and she wrote two really great Instagram posts about it. She said, today, decided today was the day to clean out my pantry. Why, oh, why, oh, why? It is a miserable job, a confusing job, a time-consuming job, a difficult job. And the rest of my kitchen is a mess as a result. How many types of salt are in your pantry? I count 39 in mine from everywhere I've been in the world, it seems. I will show more as my organizing progresses. So she thinks she has 39, but then she actually organizes it. And there's like a great picture of her whole pantry. And it's it's bonkers. It's like so fucking packed full of shit. And she wrote 47 types of salt and 27 types of olive oil. Most sealed, thank goodness. Numerous kinds of vinegar, pasta, many types of hot sauces, barbecue sauce, lots of Asian ingredients for Japanese, Chinese, and Thai recipes. Lots of liquor and liqueurs for cooking and baking. The serious stuff is in the wine cellar for parties or in the freezer for mixing drinks. Quite a few types of rice, grains, only one small jar of garbanzos. I don't use very many dried beans. Now, if anyone messes this up, I will be really, really pissed. (laughs) And then so many exclamation points. I do not feel as good as I thought I would. (laughs) Uh, Wow. But the men who work on the farm will be thrilled because all duplicates and discards have been put into shopping bags for a big giveaway tomorrow. The pantry is now what I need. No last minute trips to the grocery store for a missing ingredient. Yeah, I'm sure all the men on her farm will be thrilled by getting her old old soy sauce. (laughs) Great. I needed four new types of salt. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what all the different types of salt are. That's like, I'm just dying to know. Cause I, I don't think I can name more than like five types. I mean, like, there's like, there's like the, I mean, there's, there's like flavored salt. Sure. And there's like pink Himalayan and like, yeah, but then there's I, I just want to see kosher them salt, sea salt, like there's yeah. that kind that comes in those like flakes. Yeah, I, I've been trying to dip my toe into that, but I don't quite understand how to use it. Like I got that Maldon salt that everyone says is really good. But to me, it's just like too big a chunk of salt. Whenever I put <laughs> yeah. it on anything, I'm like, ah, I'm getting like blasted <laughs> by salt with every bite. So I don't quite understand what I'm supposed to do with that. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where like, if you can't tell the difference, it's not for you. Yeah. And I think I can't tell the difference. I don't know. I don't know either. Have you been cooking more? Yes. Um, Yeah. I'm finally into making banana bread. So for my whole life, I've gone, you know, people telling me, Lisa, all those overripe bananas, make banana bread with them. And I'm like, shut up. But now I'm doing it. (laughs) Tight. I am too. I'm finally using all the bananas. <laughs> Yesterday I was driving Adam crazy because I made this like banana bread and then I kept like pushing chocolate covered almonds into it and saying, Adam, this is really good. And he was like, That's not a thing. Don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> but it was really good. <laughs> I've been making banana bread muffins because I don't have a bread pan. Ooh. But then it's also like a good way of like keeping track of how much you've had. That is that's true, because I do eat yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. How how um, many muffins are in a serving? Uh oh, like I'll make twelve at a time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then they're like, they're little. How many do you eat at a time? Oh, um, maybe like, I just, we just like kind of snack on them. Yeah. Sort of have one at a time. Yeah. Cause when I, when I've made banana muffins, I've eaten like maybe six a day. (laughs) 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 And I just eat them throughout the day. The thing that I've been making more of is lemon bars. Ooh, yes. Which is not a good thing to have around all the time because they're so rich but oh they're so good they're so good and i and i was just like we have a lemon tree and i'm like what the fuck am i supposed to do with all of these lemons i need lemons food can i come get lemons? lemons yeah maybe come get lemons whenever you want okay the tree's in the front yard okay i might i might help myself <laughs> please please come help yourself i'll just text um, you and be like hey i'm stealing your lemons yeah. um also i think we maybe talked about this Um, we have one of our neighbors, like a block away has like a giant avocado tree in their front yard, not even in their front yard, like in the parkway between the sidewalk and the street. That's way too tall for anyone to harvest the avocados without like a giant, giant ladder. Mm -hmm. So squirrels just eat like two bites of an avocado and then throw it on the ground. Oh, um, which is crazy because it's just like. Could you imagine how? Yeah. <laughs> they are the millennial squirrels that everyone complains about. <laughs> um, but there will be like avocados getting like, like in their driveway the other day, they had like run over one of the avocados with their car. Oh, and no. And it left the craziest streak. Um, but I found like an almost. They need a power washer. Yeah. <laughs> I found an almost completely intact avocado on the ground underneath that tree. Oh, hell yeah. At home. Score. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll let you know once it's ripe what it tastes like. Yeah. I want to know if it's edible. I feel like it's difficult. Like some avocados are not tasty and some are. Yeah. Depends. We'll see. I'm, I'm start. My first avocados have started on my tree in my backyard, which they look so cute when they start. They're like tiny. They're the size of like... I can't even think of a thing. (laughs) Like a little (laughs) bead. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) They're very cute, but it's going to take like a year before they can be eaten. Aw. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Does that conclude Chunch Chat? Yeah. (laughs) That concludes Chunch Chat. We'll be right back with One on Fun. Uh, you might not want to answer this, but have you and Peter had any weird fights since being in quarantine? (laughs) I don't know if he would care if I told you this, but last night, uh, I didn't realize we'd had this fight before, but I was like, if I bought a ping pong table, would you play with me? (laughs) He was like, you have asked me this question so many times. And I was like, yeah, but we're in quarantine now. Like, would your answer be different? And he was like, where would it go? (laughs) And he was like, I mean, I would play with you sometimes, but like, (laughs) I'm not going to play ping pong with you twice a week until the day I die. Like, I'm just never going to be that guy. He's like, I know what's going to happen. We'll play sometimes and then we'll stop playing for a while. And then we're just going to be one of those people that has to get rid of a ping pong table. No. Maybe, maybe (laughs) he'll get. And I was like, people can change. Yeah, he could get really good at it. (laughs) <laughs> i actually hate ping pong because the little ball it just goes everywhere and then i spend all my time like trying to find it 
<laughs> you should get a pool table. <laughs> but I can't put a pool table outside. There should be an outdoor pool table. An outdoor pool a p- table. A pool pool table. A pool table that goes in your pool. <laughs> and the balls just move really slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, instead of a cue, it's just like a giant pool noodle. <laughs> oh, God. That sounds excruciating. Oh, it's I would hate that. Such a good idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's it's flawless. No no notes. <laughs> um, Lisa, for the record, we had a fight yesterday. I just I just want to weigh in on my own question. Oh yeah, um, because I like to Q-tip my own ears, and Adam compared it to autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> said there's there's no safe way to do this and I said yes there is like I'm just not going in that deep I've never ever had a problem q-tipping my ears and he's like it says on the box you're not supposed to do it I said that's just like to cover their butts so that people can't sue them everyone knows that that's what q-tips are for what else are you going to use them for this is um the type of thing that I would just never do it in front of Peter because we would have this exact same conversation. So you're, <laughs> but I will do you're it. You're pro Q-tipping. I'm not pro. I know that it's wrong. I know. It's I know wrong. that it's doing damage. I know that it's pushing earwax deeper into my ear. I know that it's damaging myself. I just I know do. That it's like I do the outside and then I go just a tiny bit in, just a, like a little bit. I just flirt with the inside. I go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so good. Yeah. Yesterday, a friend told me that he punctured his eardrum doing that, but it was because he was pretending to be a robot and then he hit it with his shoulder. (laughs) (gasps) Oh my God. We'll never do that. Yeah, don't pretend to be a robot. But I was like really delighted by that story. I would literally... I don't know why I said literally. I would just really love to get my ears professionally cleaned where like they get all the earwax out. Oh, it'd be so satisfying. I don't think there's anything I want more than that. Wow, good to know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it would feel like, but I would just feel so... Anytime it even, like, the idea of it comes up, like, if I see something online about it, mm-hmm. I get sort of, like, upset that I've been exposed to the idea of it <laughs> because I know I, I'm not going to do it immediately. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, it causes an instantaneous craving Yeah. to even think about it. I hope you get it done someday. I do too. When this is all over. I want that for you. (laughs) Rob says it rules. Rob, have you had it done, Rob? Yes, I've had it done a couple times. (gasps) It's the most glorious experience. Oh, I'm so upset. What was it like a doctor did it or was it like a candling situation? Um, I had an ear, nose, throat doctor do it one time. And then I had like custom uh, earplugs made. (gasps) So... (sighs) cleaned it out to get a good mold and uh, they use like a little vacuum cleaner i I swear i could hear better afterwards oh Oh my god when coronavirus is all all over let's all treat ourselves to an ear cleaning to an ear cleaning fuck yeah i mean you could you could probably do it before then but it just seems no it's not worth the risk nah or is it i don't know (laughs) i have a dentist appointment coming up and i'm terrified you're gonna go. I'm. I canceled mine. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna wait another month. But I gotta go eventually. Yeah. Mm. I mean, do you? Yeah. My teeth are messed up. Oh. Okay. Wait, Lisa. I haven't asked you a question yet. Oh, okay. 
Um, why did I do that to myself? I don't have one ready. <laughs> Lisa, uh, <laughs> uh, what in your house have you decided to get rid of while you've been stuck inside? Is there anything where you're like, oh, man, I got to get rid of this thing? Ooh, I need to get rid of my keyboard, which I think maybe a friend of mine might buy. And I just want to get rid of a lot of like books and stuff that I've, you know, we have to, we just have yeah. boxes of books sitting around everywhere. And we kind of meant to have someone help us put up shelves and that never happened. And now I'm like, let's get this done. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I could probably uh, Marie Kondo out of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard because like, you're not supposed to take like, take stuff to goodwill right now no they're like overloaded because everyone is cleaning out their houses right um so it's sort of a question of like oh what am i gonna do we're, i mean i'm i haven't really gotten rid of anything we're, but. we're lucky we have a garage so we have a space where we can kind of like pile oh yeah pile like up. a holding a holding zone a holding zone yeah like a, yeah. a green room of source no <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it seem like our things are going to perform for us um which they are uh, which they should they should <laughs> yeah um yeah it's funny like all the fucking the boring shit that i'm getting better at now that i'm stuck at home all day i'm really into like yeah i i'm i'm, I'm finally like getting to know my vacuum cleaner much better i'm i'm finally like getting into the attachments you know i'm using the vacuum attachments <laughs> I I learned what setting to put it on that's best for my carpet. Like, it's just, you know. Oh, yeah. It does make me feel good, but it's desperately boring. It's so boring. <laughs> so much. Oh, God. Um, all right. Does that conclude one on fun? Yeah. That concludes one on fun. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. Welcome. Thank you. No These are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power. I'd say comfort. What do you think of this? Oh. That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Jessica Bromer. Thank, Thank you. you, Jessica. It is the Wikipedia page for Grunge Speak. Grunge speak. Um, it was a hoax slang reported by the New York Times as genuine. I love this so much. History. Grunge speak was created by Megan Jasper, a former receptionist for Sub Pop Records. Jasper was then working at Caroline Records when New York Times reporter Rick Marin, uh, or Rick Marin, I don't know, <laughs> contacted her and asked for a, quote, lexicon of grunge. Jasper recalls Marin explaining the request. Every subculture has a different way of speaking, and there's got to be words and phrases and things that you folks say. Oh, my God. I love that she was immediately just like, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. She was like, this, this is a, like rubbing her hands together yeah, like a villain. <laughs> I've been set up perfectly. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to Marin, he was directed towards Jasper by Sub Pop co-founder Jonathan Poneman because her former boss knew that she would pull a prank on the reporter. <laughs> He's like, pranky old Megan will <laughs> do the job. Jasper, 25 at the time, gave the reporter a set of slang terms that she claimed were associated with the Seattle grunge scene in the early 1990s, but which she had, in fact, invented on the spot. This lady is a genius. Oh, my God. I love her so much. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. On November 15th, 1992, the Times published Marin's article, Grunge, A Success Story, as a full-page story (gasps) on the front of its Sunday Style section. (laughs) Oh, my God. The article begins with an investigation on the origin of the term grunge and concludes with a summary of grunge music and fashion. Jasper's invented terms were published as a, quote, lexicon of grunge, breaking the code in a sidebar to Marin's story. This is especially oh, wow. this is especially fun because I have sort of a love-hate thing with the New York Times, like, yes. just in general. I think yeah. it's fun to, like, put a prank on them. Uh yeah. Thomas Frank of The Baffler, a journal of cultural criticism, demonstrated that the list was a hoax. He revealed that Jasper had purposely misled the Times, as well as the British Sky magazine. Jasper had been sick of the attention that reporters were paying to people involved in the Seattle grunge scene and pulled the prank to get back at them. Oh my god, it's so funny. I wish we had thought of something like this for like the um, all the articles about like, Women comedians. I know. What? <laughs> like, I wish we had thought of a good fake female comedian that we could all just be talking about the influence of. Oh my god, Ugh, that'd be so funny. Uh, maybe it's not too late, but no one's writing about that right now. You could so easily make one up because so many have actually been erased in real life. <laughs> uh. Um, the Times demanded that Frank's fax over an apology for claiming it had printed false information. Um, believing that it was Frank who was the hoaxer. Oh my God. <laughs> they were like, not only is this real, you must apologize to us via fax <laughs> for accusing us of shoddy reporting. I love it. I mean, that is just fucking begging to be pranked. I know. That kind of energy. Frank instead sent a letter standing by the story. Uh. Quote, when the newspaper of record goes searching for the next big thing and the next big thing piddles on its leg he wrote we think that's funny oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we still think that's funny yeah frank considered the article to be part of an attempt by mainstream culture to co-opt the grunge scene and felt that the times had gotten what it deserved i'm still laughing at the times demanding a fax apology it's, it's oh my god so funny. i'm gonna start doing that now it's, it's like so yeah pompous. part of the apology is like your penance is you have to fucking find a fax machine it needs to have a cover a cover letter <laughs> i had an office job once where i kept getting in trouble for not using like a cover sheet and i'm like why <laughs> why would i <laughs> i just didn't because i didn't think it would should be important um <laughs> All right. Shortly after the release of the Baffler story, some people in Seattle began selling and wearing T-shirts with the words Lame Stain and Harsh Realm printed in the same font as the famous <laughs> banner of the Times. The words themselves oh never caught on as actual slang within the grunge scene, although score and dish are in use elsewhere. I am going to look for that shit on eBay today before this episode comes out tomorrow so that I can get a head start. I need those shirts. Oh, my God. You could make one, too. 
Yeah, but I want one of the originals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I, I guess I would have to buy some iron-on letters in the shape of the... Oh, yeah, the Times font. The font, yeah. Okay, now we're at the best part of the page. The grunge speak words. During the, During in- the interview... Oh, sorry, you go, ja- you go. <laughs> yeah. During the interview, Jasper made up the following terms and their definitions. Bloated. Or big bag of bloatation. That means drunk. (laughs) Found and hagged means staying home on a Friday or Saturday night. (laughs) Uh, Cobnobbler means loser. That sounds very British. (laughs) Yeah. Dish is a desirable guy. Which that is kind of true That works, yeah, dishy. Yeah, like, ooh, what a dish. Yeah. Fuzz is heavy wool sweaters. <laughs> harsh realm is a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, harsh realm. It's funny because bummer is already a slang word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, kickers are heavy boots. A lame stain is an uncool person. <laughs> I love that. Lame stain. Oh, my God. Uh, plats are platform shoes. I buy that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rock on means a happy goodbye. <laughs> it does. Rock on. Oh, but did that start with this or was that like no, no. just not something that <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I love it. Um score means great. Okay. That is something people say. Do were people just fucking believing this list for so long that they know. started writing it into scripts and then people started saying it? I want to know what came first. Um, yeah swing I mean maybe she included a couple that um, really felt real to kind of lend credibility to the ones that are dumber maybe Um, such as swinging on the flippity flop which means (laughs) hugging out (laughs) (laughs) oh uh, what are you guys planning to do today Uh, we're just gonna swing on the flippity flop you know you you know how we do you know with our grunge ways (laughs) Just imagine Kurt Cobain saying that. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Uh, I can imagine uh, Tommy Bahama saying that. Tom <laughs> <laughs> Tom Club means uncool outsiders. And wax slacks are old ripped jeans. Oh, my God. Uh, That's the list. Legacy. All right. Legacy. Harsh Realm took on a life of its own when it became the title for a science fiction 1994 comic book series written by James D. Hoodnall and penciled by Andrew Paquette. Harsh Realm was about a future where virtual reality is omnipresent and one of the virtual worlds is an anarchy called Harsh Realm. The comic book was adapted to a 1999 TV series by Chris Carter. Carter took sole writing credit for Harsh Times, which prompted Pudnall and Paquette to sue. All right. Wow. And nobody's giving credit to the original writer of these grunge terms yeah where's megan jasper Um, in all of this where is she i mean i think she still works for sub pop does she have a funny twitter or something gotta look her up she has a twitter i haven't looked at the tweets yet but i did just like look to see if she's like around she seems great um i think it's it's mostly um you know music journalism stuff yeah but um yeah anyway um in adam warren's the Dirty Pair comics, the characters use a futuristic slang, which includes the term harsh realm. Warren's slang definition for harsh realm is the same as the one Jasper invented. The 1996 documentary Hype 
included Jasper's prank and its exploration of the early 1990s grunge scene. Oh, man. Um, also, uh, <laughs> X-Cops uh, was a side project of the heavy metal band Guar. Um, and uh, they... Uh, one of the characters, like they all had, the band members had like character names and uh, their bassist uh, was named Cobb Nobbler. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Patrolman Cobb Nobbler. This goes deep. <laughs> yeah, it goes real deep, which is, I mean, that's a good pull. Yeah. Um. Wow. Good one. Great job. Great job. Great prank. I love it. Love it. I, I think it's great. Uh, well, does that conclude Wiki of the Week? It does. That concludes Wiki of the Week. Uh, it's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't learn a ding-dang thing. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that you moan in your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever agreed to the slumber parties I keep asking you to have with me, you'd know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Well, uh, do we have any butt pics? We do. We've been getting a lot of butt pics, which I think is nice. It's like y'all have nothing better to do in quarantine. So you're like, I'll send a butt pic and it's great. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, we got one. Uh, I am a teen who loves to show off his butt. Don't worry, I'm 19, so it's legal. <laughs> uh, great sight. That's what we like to hear. We love, we love the legal butts. Don't send us your illegal butts. Uh, this is a great side butt. Very handsome. Um, please enjoy a picture I took on a hike several years ago just outside of Denali National Park in Alaska. I managed to get ahead from the rest of my family, found myself alone on that plane, and seized the opportunity. <laughs> they're just pulling down their hiking pants to show their butt in this gorgeous panorama landscape. How did they even take this picture? Uh, I guess they set a timer. Anyways, well done. Yeah. Uh, someone else wrote, Good job. Here's my gay ass. <laughs> they, and you were asking what this garment is where it shows the buttocks and it like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a dick. That like a lot of gay guys when they send us pictures of their butts. Yeah. Have like straps. It's like this garment that's like straps around the butt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It really frames the ass nicely. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. Um, here's a butt pic from one of my first post-college apartments. I was pantsed while washing the dishes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> He's just washing the dishes with his butt hanging out. Uh, right. Someone else is showing their butt in like a fishnetty kind of situation and they have... Ooh, a, a very anti-Pope tattoo, which I enjoy. <laughs> uh, ooh, this person has a Kate Bush tattoo and some tiger print oh. undies. These are nice underwear. Oh, yeah. I like these undies. Uh, someone else, I tried making body prints in my studio by getting into a kiddie pool filled with franzia and lying and rolling on large sheets of paper in different positions. Uh, it was cold, sticky, and unpleasant, but I filmed the whole thing. This butt pic is still from one of those videos, and they're just rolling around with their butt in the air. Wow. That's amazing. Um, here are more butt pics from... These are from interesting angles. One is, like, lying on a couch, and they're taking it over their shoulder, and another, they're, like, taking it down their back, and they have, like, a back tattoo. These are very artistic, and I appreciate them. Um, and that is all the ones we have today. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for sending us your butt Thank you. and your wiki pages. We also always appreciate you including key terms like butt pick, wiki page. Yeah, that's appreciated. In your email because it makes it easier to search them. It does. Too, I actually recording time. I have even more in my inbox that I haven't gotten to yet. So just if you if I didn't describe your butt pick, don't worry, I got it. I'm just going to hit it next time. Yes. And if we forget it, it doesn't mean we didn't see it. <laughs> it means we saw it and enjoyed it and then forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say that's not a possibility. No, knowing myself. But just uh, hang in there. Hang in there, everybody. Hang in there. Um, treat your butts. <clears throat> treat, your, treat your butts well. Treat your butts well. Um, I also wanted to give a quick shout out before we close to... Um, a fundraiser that friend of the podcast, oh, yeah. Sierra Ornalis, started. Sierra, um, we love her. Yeah, um, specifically raising funds for uh, the Navajo Nation, which has been hit super, super hard by COVID-19, um, yeah. disproportionately so. Um, they need money to get tweeted- supplies. They need medical supplies. They need water. They need food. And this is raising money for that. Yes. So if you go to ndncollective.org, you can give money or if you want to just help raise awareness. Um, we'll also tweet out the links tweet- again tomorrow or, or when this yeah. podcast is released so you can follow our links. Yeah. Um, check our Twitters. We both tweeted about it. A lot of people have been tweeting about it. Um, feel free to join in and tweet about it, nominate some people. I just wanted to give a little plug to that because they've raised a bunch of money so far and uh, I want it to keep going. Yeah. And it's a really, really good cause. Yes. It's it's awesome. And I, I'm so proud to know her. I think it's I so know. cool that she did that. She's the coolest. Um, she's the coolest. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and wait thank you to rob para oh, our yes. producer yes uh thanks to nate heller for our theme songs thank you to emily hey. heller <laughs> <laughs> for what what did i do uh, for co-hosting a podcast with me oh yeah hey back at you <laughs> and, and planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future, featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.